the real question for your audience to answer is how big do you want to get? Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. And today I'm incredibly excited about my guest today. I've been uh, trying to get this gentleman on the podcast for a long time. We, it turned out that my new EOS coach, we had a mutual connection and uh, he was able to, to book him for the podcast. And I'm really, really excited about today because um, a lot of you know him from EOS and the book Traction. And we talk about these books, Traction, Rocket Fuel, um, Get a Grip, What the Heck is EOS, How to Be a Great Boss, all of these books that he wrote. And the, the entrepreneurial operating system they set up is helping a lot of you guys right now, my business included. Both of my business operate off of this system. And I cannot wait to dig into what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I just want to introduce you guys to Mr. Gino Wickman. Gino, how are you going? Great. Glad to be here. Looking forward to this. I am too. And I'll say the, the first thing before we get started that I want to say to you is just thank you. Like for everything that you did, that book Traction was given to me when I started my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey. And it really, as an engineer, I typically overanalyze some things from time to time and try to do so much. And as an entrepreneur, I'm, my vision just gets me scattered all over the place too. So trying to boil it all down, like implementing that in my business was a complete game changer for me. And now what I see when I'm removed from the business, I only work up about an hour or two a week in the company, I have an um, integrator who runs the company day to day. The staff members that we bring in are thanking me like it's, like it's my system that they come in and they just love it. They've never been in a company like that who sees that. So first of all, for the whole community that I, I can speak for, we have thousands and thousands of listeners and probably hundreds that operate off EOS. Just say thank you. For, for that. I appreciate that. And I wrote it for you. So when I go back 15 years ago, when I wrote that book, I mean, I, I wrote it for that exact reason. And I'm Happy to say there's about 100,000 of you out there now. So amen and hallelujah. It's, I'm so thrilled that it's made such an impact. That was the goal. It's amazing. And so today, I know like we've spent a lot of time inside the Mastermind Group with all of our uh, members and everything talking about traction in the U.S. and things like that. But you have a new book out, and that's what we're going to talk about today, which I think is going to really hit home with a lot of our listeners and a lot of our following because this idea of am I an entrepreneur, am I not an entrepreneur, and what does it really mean to be that, and then how far can we go, all of those things. And, and I'm really excited to talk about this book because I've, I've read it twice now. So um, when we first got into contact, I immediately bought it and read it. And then uh, you were gracious enough to ship me out a copy. So I have it right here and wrote me an incredible note. So thank you for that. Yeah. And um, it's a book called Entrepreneurial Leap. So it came out a few, a few months ago, right? Yes. So uh, I want to dig into that. I, I think it, like sending that message to our audience where they can really like self-diagnose who they are and what they're doing. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun today. So here, here. can't wait. So tell me, maybe just, I, I think in the very beginning, it's kind of like defining what an entrepreneur is. Is that a good place to start? Yeah, it really is. And, and what I would ask, you know, your audience as they're, they're sitting there listening and watching or whatever form they're taking this in. I mean, I, I really hope that this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a 30 or 60 minute podcast, but I really want this to be a teaching and learning experience. And I want to take your listener and your viewer on a psychological, philosophical, emotional journey of self-discovery right now and help them really decide, do they have what it takes to become an entrepreneur? And, and so what we're going to do is we're literally going to you know, walk through the content in this book and really help them self-assess and hopefully teach some great nuggets and hopefully spawn some uh, very successful entrepreneurs from this time we're going to spend together. Well, that, obviously, that's my goal is how can we deliver as much value in teaching and education as we can to make sure that they're successful. And, and even in that, I think, as I was reading your book, it's almost like deciding if it's right for me or if it's wrong for me. And that's okay, too. Exactly right. You know, and it's the, what would be fun about this is you're the embodiment. You know, like I said, I wrote Traction for you. Um, 
and certainly the other entrepreneurs in the world. But this this book, Entrepreneur Elite, you've lived this journey, you've walked this path, and that's why this conversation is going to be so much fun because you'll be able to speak from experience because I'm not making any of this up. I mean, this is rooted in almost three decades of history working with entrepreneurs. So looking forward to diving in. Yeah. So do you, do you want, before we start, do you want to share any of your background of your entrepreneurial journey? I know you have an interesting story of kind of how you got into this and even reading in the book about your dad, it was very interesting to hear some of that too. Yeah. I'll I'll give the lightning fast one or two minute version. uh, If for no other reason than maybe to build some credibility, but, uh, um, Starting all the way back from 18 years old, I consciously chose not to go to college. I knew it wasn't for me. Academics were not for me. I was an entrepreneur in the making. I didn't know it. I didn't call it that back then. Um, But I just basically went to work. I worked my way up to taking over the family business at 25, took on a big turnaround, turned that business around, successfully sold the business. During that, got involved in the Strategic Coach Program and the Young Entrepreneurs Organization and really found my calling in all of that and uh, then set out to create what is now EOS. I wanted to go help entrepreneurs get everything they wanted from their business. Since I've written five books that have sold over a million copies, we have 100,000 companies running on EOS and we have a team of 350 international implementers all over the world that are helping companies do just that. And obviously you're one of those 100,000. I sold that company two years ago, still own 12.5%, still own the books. I'm still the EOS guy. I still have clients because I love the work. But what I decided uh, 10 years ago is that in 10 years, I'm going to shift my focus. Having now spent almost three decades focused on helping successful entrepreneurs become even more successful, I decided I'm going to go to the front end of the entrepreneurial journey and I'm going to help entrepreneurs in the making take a better leap, increase their odds of success, help them become what they were put on the face of the earth to become. And so there's an old saying by Daniel Kenny that says, we teach what we needed the most. And that's what I'm doing is I'm teaching what I needed the most. I'm teaching my 18-year-old self who was a mislabeled derelict, uh, a rebel, lost, confused, scared, insecure. And if I had this content back then, Um, I would have been much further ahead. And regardless of the age of your viewer or listener out there right now, uh, this content is anyone age 13 to 75. It doesn't matter where you are age-wise. It's a question of are you truly an entrepreneur in the making? And we're going to help you answer that today. I think that's great. And it's funny because uh, we do have a young lady who's going to be listening for sure, Riley Eccles, who's been on the podcast with her dad and they flip houses together and she's in one of our mastermind groups together. And how, so, old, is, how old is she? I, I, you know, I want to say she's four. Uh, I don't, I'm going to screw this up. 14 or 15 years old. Be still my heart. That's, that's so, And at our events, we run an event every year in October called Flip Hacking Live. And we have uh, children as young as seven, eight years old there with their parents. And it's just amazing to see. I can't wait to bring my, my oldest is five right now. I can't wait to bring him there each year to, to start seeing this and learning it. I love it. So, so let's just start from the beginning. Like you've got uh, six traits here and that's probably, you have, you kind of break it down into three different sections in the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so let's start there just to give uh, your audience a context. So I, The book is written in three parts. It's called Confirm, Glimpse, and Path. So those are the three parts of the book. And this is that journey that I'm talking about. And I think it is smart that we kind of take them one at a time and stay linear here. And so in Confirm, what we're going to talk about is helping your audience to ultimately confirm, are they a true entrepreneur? Do they have the six essential traits? Assuming we confirm that, then we're going to Glimpse. And Glimpse is going to be all about showing them what their life could look like as an entrepreneur, all the possibilities. And I always, I like to say, I want to show them the light and show them their light. And then in path, I then want to show them a path that will make the road a lot less bumpy, greatly increase their odds of success. And, uh, and so that's kind of how this will all lay out. And we can just take it one part at a time if that works for you. I think it's perfect. I think they can uh, follow along. I'm going to be taking notes. And what, what I'd like to do uh, it, it, when we hit each point is just, uh, maybe share a little bit about the real estate side, like uh, the application to our business potentially um, in each of those and what I've seen some, some struggles and some, um, some benefits from our background. 
I love it. And with that, when you say real estate, you know, I see a lot of language around flipping in, in terms of what you're teaching. Is it all just single family residential housing? Is it apartments? Is it multifamily? What, how, how, what is the stretch and reach of when you say real estate? There's, there are people probably listening who do all of it. Airbnbs, vacation rentals, uh, multifamily, uh, new construction. We're doing some storage units, but primarily our mastermind is uh, one to four units, so it's kind of single family world, uh, wholesaling and flipping. So we're basically marketing, sales, and this operational side of, of taking, you know, selling something out of the back end, whether it's to a retail buyer or to another investor. Got it. Um, but there will be people who are all over the real estate spectrum, but that's primarily our niche. Great. That's very helpful. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive in and we'll start with part one, confirm. And where I want to start here is I want to share something I teach called the entrepreneurial range because I want your audience to start to think about where they fit on this range and there is no bad answer. So this is not like a test you're going to pass or fail. And so with the entrepreneurial range, if you'll picture this arc, this range, and on the left side of the range, picture the word self-employed. And on the right side of the range, picture the word true entrepreneur. And so anyone who is self-employed as all of your audience is, um, you're somewhere on this range. And again, no bad answer. And so on the self-employed side, these are the people that are self-employed, one-person shows, freelancer, somebody with a side hustle, maybe you bought a franchise organization, okay? And so there's kind of the, the one-man shows, for lack of a better term, one-woman shows, one-person shows. On the far right side of the range, Picture the true entrepreneurs, the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. So you've got Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, and then we could keep going. Mm -hmm. And so if you can picture that range, and if I'm communicating clearly, you, the audience, you're each somewhere on that range. Again, no bad answer. As we get into the six essential traits, what we're talking about is a true entrepreneur, and we're talking to people that are on the far right half, not the far right half, but the right half of that range. And at the end of the day, the listener, you're either going to decide that you're cut out to just be a one person show and that's great and there's nothing wrong with that. You're independent, you're self-employed, it's awesome. Or you're going to decide, wow, I exhibit all of these traits. My potential is limitless and we're going to kind of show you a path. But again, everyone's going to learn something here, I assure you. And the last thing I want to say is, Whoever you are out there listening that's really struggling with being self-employed in this independence, there is nothing wrong with that. And, and you just may not be cut out to be self-employed. And while that might sting a little, I'm trying to save you 10 years of hell with all due love and respect. And so there will be some in the audience that fall into that category. But we're talking about the, the right half of the range. And, and so let's dive in. So a true entrepreneur, in my experience, there's not one ounce of theory in what I'm talking about here. It's been tested and proven countless times. A true entrepreneur has six essential traits. Uh, you, Bill Allen, have six essential traits, okay? And I'm going to start high level. So those six essential traits are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. Okay, and so now I'm going to do a little deeper dive into each one, just a couple seconds at each one. But for the audience, please listen as I describe this, and I want you to think of you, and, and just think about, is this you? Does this describe you? And so here we go. Visionary. So the visionary trait means that you have lots of ideas. You're an idea generator. You have a sixth sense. You're able to see around corners uh, you just have this ability to see things that other people can't see. You have this ability to put things together. Um, and Steve Jobs was accused of having a reality distortion field. In other words, and, and I'll get into that as we more get into passion, but you just, you just see things that others don't. And so that's visionary. You're an, you're an idea person. Passionate, as we talk about that reality distortion field, passionate means that you have a passion for your product for your service, for what you're doing, for the impact you're having on the world. You have strong belief. You have this desire to fill a void. Again, you have that reality distortion field I keep talking about. And so that's passion. Problem solver means that you tend to lean into problems. 
problems energize you. When you get faced with a problem, you go forward. You think of it as every cloud has a silver lining. Any setback is just an opportunity. You're an optimist by nature. You see solutions where others see problems. Driven means that you have this internal fire. There's something in you that drives you. You have a competitive nature. You're self-motivated. You hustle. There's a sense of urgency that you have. Risk taker is you're comfortable taking risks. Uh, you don't like to fail, but you will take risks. You, you, when faced with a tough decision, you'll lean into that decision and make the tough decision. And so what's important to understand here is, you know, when you start your business, when you take that leap, that's the first of about a thousand risks you're going to take. And so don't get caught up in that's what makes you a risk taker. It's when you're making tough decisions. Hire, firing your top producing employee, um, having to sell a property for a loss because you know it's a stupid 10-year decision to hang on to it or whatever it is, you will take the risk, make that decision, make the tough call, knowing that it could potentially put you out of business. So any entrepreneur is making tough decisions all day, every day. They lean into those decisions where people that don't have this risk taker trait, they just literally run from these tough decisions. They hope they solve themselves. And then the last is responsible. And so responsible says you are the kind of person that takes responsibility. When something happens, regardless of whose fault it is, you look at yourself, you look in the mirror, you blame no one, you default to how am I going to solve my problem? The whole world is split into two camps. When there's a problem, half the world does not take responsibility and blames everyone else. The other half takes responsibility. A true entrepreneur takes responsibility. As I say this, these six essential traits, and as you're doing a checkup on yourself, they are essential traits. They are traits. You are born with them. They cannot be taught. They cannot be learned. It is nature over nurture. That is a bit controversial. When we talk about responsible, the way I can prove to you that responsible is truly a trait you're born with that can't be taught is look at families. Look at families with multiple children, multiple siblings, and let's pretend there's a family with four kids. Why on earth is it that the family with multiple kids, some of the kids take responsibility when there's a problem and some blame everyone else? And so, some of you listening, you've got brothers and sisters and you can put them, they were raised by the same parents, same household, same everything. How on earth could they react so differently when it comes to reacting to taking responsibility? So there are the six essential traits, and I urge you to do a checkup on yourself to confirm that you have all six. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> obviously those six. And as I was reading that, I was just saying, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Now, one question that I had when I was reading that, that maybe some of the listeners have, is how extreme do those traits need to be? Because you're, there's probably another scale on each of these traits of, like, for example, that visionary, where I, I know some people who have thousands of ideas a day. And then I know some people who are a little bit toned down on that visionary tree. Yeah, it's, that? it's a, such a great question. And so what I would ask, because I think you mentioned your background is engineering, right? Uh, yeah. So military uh, pilot for the Navy. I flew helicopters and airplanes and I was a mechanical and aeronautical engineer and a test pilot. So, so I got all this Engineering. Yeah. I asked that because an engineer would ask the exact question you just asked. So, so, <laughs> so we, could, we could now drown in the spectrum on each range with each one of those traits. And so here's what I would ask. What I would ask is absolutely there are extremes because when I talk about the far right side of that entrepreneur range and the greatest entrepreneurs of all time, absolutely they redlined every one of those six. And so what I would urge is, you know, those great entrepreneurs built billion dollar organizations that impacted the world for decades and not every entrepreneur needs to do that. And so what I always lovingly like to say is there's no shame in building a $3 million heating and cooling company that throws up a 20% profit. That's a true entrepreneur. So you're right. There are ranges. What I want to be careful of is somebody that starts to rationalize that there is a range because it's, it truly is a pass fail. You either feel like you exhibit that. So yes, you're visionary. You don't have to have a thousand ideas. You don't have to invent the next iPhone, uh, but you do need to be the kind of person that sees around corners, puts things together, things like that. And then the last point I would make is I do write a chapter in this confirm part about what happens if you don't have each one of the traits and what that looks like. And that's where 
this would not be a good use of our time to go into that now because we don't have enough time. But I do kind of touch on what you're talking about there. And the whole idea with this part is just to help your audience, again, read that chapter and realize, am I this? And, and just to look at what it looks like when you don't have that, when you do have that to really help you decide. And then the kind of aha, voila moment in all of this is there is then an assessment. And that assessment is free. It is in the book and it's also on the website. So e-leap.com, they can literally go fill out the assessment for free, get a result. I beg you to please fill it out honestly and be honest with yourself, but that's going to help you really put your money where your mouth is in determining, you know, do you have all of these traits? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was on the website, checked it out. You got some great resources, not just that assessment, but there's lots of other ones. There's things that you can uh, print out and follow along with the book. There's worksheets. It, it's, it's really, really great. So we'll put in the show notes for you guys, e-leap.com. And uh, I definitely go there, check it out because I, I took the, I took the assessment. I, I'm pretty extreme. So, yeah, I'm quite uh, certain. I'm quite certain you're in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prob probably high nineties. You know, and I would say this too, and I don't expect your audience to believe this. And I'm guessing as you get to know me, you believe it a little bit, but Everything on that website is free. I have nothing to sell you. At the end of the day, the only thing I'm going to sell you is a book. It's a $20, $15, somewhere in that range, depending on which retail source you buy it from, investment on your part. This is a passion project for me. This is a pure book play for me. And so I am giving all of the content, all of the tools away for free, and they are all on the website. So please have at it. I am here to help you become what you're supposed to become. And the most money you'll spend on me is 15 or 20 bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure the majority of our listeners have already spent a lot more of that on the other books too. So, uh, and it's, it is an incredible resource. So, you know, as I was going through those, the read your book, I saw that, um, that it is, it's that responsibility trait, that, uh, that ownership trait, really. We had a uh, extreme ownership is a book that, that I absolutely love by Jocko Willink. He's a retired Navy SEAL. And that's that's one that is one of my core values, in fact, is, is ownership. And seeing that on the list was fantastic, um, along with the, the rest of these. So um, I, I think in real estate, this is like, maybe the one that we should spend some time digging into is the passionate one. Yeah. Because that one came out really strongly in the book to me as I was reading it. And it's, maybe it's just because how passionate I am for what I do. Um, but what I, what I really liked was, there's different areas of passion that you break down. It might not be just for the industry. It might, it's kind of, for me, my passion is not necessarily the real estate side of things, like making the house look really pretty. It's now about my staff and my team. That's my passion is building that kind of company. Sure, sure. And, and so I want to make two points here um, because when we talk about the six essential traits, you know, so this second trait, passionate, says that you have that trait of you have this undying passion, this need to fill a void, whatever it is. And so from that standpoint, that's generic. When we get into the third part of the book, and I want to answer it now, though, let's take advantage of this opportunity since we're on it. In the third part of the book, Path, I write an entire chapter on passion and how to discover your passion because it is so vital. I don't believe an entrepreneur succeeds without knowing what their passion is. And so this is where you now have to customize your passion. And so for me, I'm passionate about two things, turning the light bulb on for people and helping entrepreneurs get everything they want from their business. That's my sole reason for existence. It motivates me. The only thing that helps you pick yourself up and survive when you get knocked on your ass as an entrepreneur is your passion. And so in that, just know that there's a chapter on that in the path section of the book but we're going to touch on it now since you're asking and, and kind of pick that one off. So what I do is I walk you through a bunch of exercises in that chapter and really help come to light and discover what your individual passion is. Whatever it is, it's three to seven words. It, and all that matters is that it matters to you. You don't have to bounce it off other people. It doesn't have to impress anyone. But I will share one of the many exercises I share there. Uh, because we certainly can't get into all of them on this, but the exercise that someone taught me that was had a profound impact on me about 20 years ago is a 30-minute exercise. You go to a quiet place. For me, it's always a coffee shop where no one's going to interrupt you, and you have thinking time, and you answer three questions. First question you answer is, what are your three greatest successes? And again, even if you're 
14-year-old, would you say her name was Riley? Is that, is Riley, that right? yeah. Uh, if you're 14-year-old Riley out there or 70-year-old Billy or whatever, um, doesn't matter how long you've been on this planet, but what are your three greatest successes? Question number two is, what are your three greatest failures? And so you answer those, and again, take time, fill these out, really process, and then you go to question number three, and question number three is, what has life prepared you for? And out of that, we'll start to create some clarity around what your true passion is, because the truth of the matter is, for most of us, our passion stems from pain. It stems from a wound. It stems from a void that we're trying to fill in the world, whatever it is, psychologically healthy or not, <laughs> we are all, uh, you know, just driven by something and we have a passion that we, so, so that exercise is a great exercise. 30 minutes will start to shed some light along with the other exercises that I suggest. But I just, please find your passion. It will greatly increase your odds of success. It, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I remember when I started this this business, I didn't necessarily realize that I was an entrepreneur. And so I was a in, in the military, active duty military for almost 15 years, just getting a paycheck. And now looking back, the signs were there since I was a little kid, all the things that I was doing, but I was so afraid. Now my passion to me in business is, is my staff and my team. Nice. Our, our purpose, cause, and passion is changing houses one life, changing lives one house at a time. Love because it. it's a it's community, it's my team, it's the staff, it's about, it's about that. And so for me now, but I was so f afraid to hire that first person. Mm. Like that, that was what was holding me back. I said, no. My mentor said, look, you want to you fly airplanes full time, you want to flip 12 houses a year, how are you going to do that by yourself? Yeah. And I said, I just figure I'll just work twice as hard, I guess. I don't know. You, you tell me, you're the mentor, right? Awesome. So. He said, well, you got to hire a team. And, and I said, no, I don't want to be responsible for anybody else. And now that's the thing. The thing that I was so scared of is the thing that I'm so passionate about now that I absolutely love. I show up now for them. I show up for my staff and my team. Like tomorrow, I have a call with the, my, the entire staff. It's my monthly meeting with them. They, really the only time I get in front of that company. And I cannot wait for that. Like I just love spending time with them and seeing them succeed. Love it. So it's, it's interesting how things can change. The things that are holding you back in the beginning are what becomes the most, the things you're most passionate about in the end. And I think that's all part of the journey that you talk about here. You're here. And I would suggest to you, if you ever get knocked on your ass and something jeopardizes your business, the first place your mind is going to go is to your people. And, and that's going to motivate you to push through and solve whatever the hell it is you just got your ass kicked with. Oh, it has. And I think those, those core values and those people that I'm surrounding myself with now are so important because we've lost, we've lost three people in a quarter before and we only had 15. Wow. So now we're down to 12. Everybody's jumping in and taking care of everybody else. Nobody wants anybody to carry twice the burden. Everybody's jumping in to carry 10 or 15%. It's, yeah. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 20% of your company that went away. So a thousand person organization that loses 20% loses 200 people, it's the same impact. I mean, it yep. is, it's 20% of your workforce. It's a lot. And that's exactly what I said to my COO at the time. I said, I said, Nate, we just lost 20% of our people. What's, what's happening here? And, and we just had to jump in. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you also said in, in, that, in this first section, confirm is um, kind of starting a business just to make money. And so, can you t touch on that a little bit? Because there's probably some people who are listening. And, and frankly, that's where I was in the beginning. I was I just said, look, I want to become financially free. I want to spend some, a little bit more time with my family. I want to do those kind of things. And it, I thought it was all about the money in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So what I would say to that is, um, um, you know, my dad always had a great quote. And my dad is still with us. He's my greatest mentor, taught me so much. I would say if you're, if you're doing it solely for the money, eventually you'll cheat. You know, and, and cheat doesn't mean you'll do something illegal or bad, but it's, you'll cheat yourself, you know. So if you're doing it for the money, if the money is your sole driver, you're just going to make really bad decisions. But if your passion and the dent you want to put in the universe and the impact you want to have is what's driving you, then you'll make great decisions. And so I think that inherently answers your question. Uh, now, with that said, you know, you have people in your audience that are, broke and starving and fighting to, you know, keep their house, by all means, you're doing it for the money and that's okay. I mean, I hit rock bottom. I went from millionaire at 31 to flat broke at 33. I've been there. So 
yes, at that point I was doing it for the money, but, but the money I was doing it for was all within my passion, my purpose, my niche, what I was trying to build. So I kept it focused, which I think helped me get out faster. So please don't misunderstand. If you're fighting for your life right now, you got to do whatever it takes for the money. So yeah, did I take on a consulting gig here or there that paid me a daily fee to, you know, make the house payment? Hell yeah. Uh, so let's not confuse that with if you're at rock bottom and surviving, we're talking about you're having a relative level of success. It's now time to really think about what are you doing it for? What's the passion? What's the purpose? What's the cause? So hopefully that answers it. Absolutely. So I guess this step, they got, we, we covered the six and now they can go to eleap.com or, and, or they can, in the book, they can kind of e- ask themselves. E- E-leap.com. I just don't want to take them somewhere else. Yeah, E-leap. We'll put it in the show notes to make it easy for you guys to just click on and we'll put in the email too. So then from there, they can take that assessment and kind of see where they stand. And obviously going through the book, if they don't have one of those traits, you talk about it in the book, probably not best for us to spend time on that. But there is this, as you guys are reading the book, there's a whole chapter on what if you don't have one of these traits? So yeah. Yeah, and then what I would suggest is, you know, we probably covered as much as we should on a podcast for the first part because we've got so much more rich content coming up in these next two parts that we're going to run out of time if we don't get there. So we've really covered 90% of it on that first part uh, because there they are. Those are the six essential traits. Do a checkup, fill out the assessment, and, and that's really the most important part of this first part of the book. Okay, so let's move on to the glimpse. Yep. So at that point, it's kind of like, what does life look like as an entrepreneur is what I took from that section for me. Exactly. So the idea here and the, the kind of psychology behind this part and, and why I take this three-part linear approach to writing the book is now let's pretend you've confirmed you've got the six essential traits, you know you're an entrepreneur. Now I wanna do, now what I wanna do is I wanna paint a vivid picture in your mind so that you see what's possible. And this is so unique and not being taught in the world and such an opportunity because I believe to the degree you clearly see what's possible before you move forward to what's possible, you just increased your odds of success So let me explain what I mean. So there's three things that I share in this part of the book. The first thing I do is I share countless real world stories. So you can see stories of of entrepreneurs in the making who were right where you were and exactly what they did to, you know, find that passion, start their business and grow very, very successful companies. And so that's very motivating for somebody that has six essential traits. The second thing I do is I then show you a day in the life of an entrepreneur, because I want you to have a vivid picture of what it looks like when it's good and what it looks like when it's bad. And so I call it the dream and the nightmare. I want you to see the dream scenario and I want you to see the nightmare scenario. And the sad reality is 90% of entrepreneurs are living the nightmare and only a few are living the dream. And so I want you to see the dream so you know it's possible because the 90% living the nightmare, they think that's entrepreneurship and it's not. And then I show you the eight mistakes to avoid to live the dream. And then the third thing I do, and and this is what I wanna kinda touch on and then please dig into whatever you think will best serve your audience, Bill. Um, But it's something that hit me while I was writing this book and it's, helping an entrepreneur decide what they're built for. And I hope at the end of this conversation, your entire audience goes, I'm built for real estate, Um, you know, and building a nice empire in the real estate industry. So what I do is I teach and explain all of an entrepreneur's options. I talk about all of the industries, all of the businesses, the size of businesses, the types of businesses. Are you a B2B entrepreneur? Are you a B2C entrepreneur? Are you a high price, low volume? Are you a low cost, high volume entrepreneur? Do you want to build a million dollar company? You want to build a billion dollar company? And I actually created another free tool on the website called My Biz Match, where you literally go to that tool, click a bunch of buttons that appeal to you, and out pops the perfect business for you or businesses. And so, but let's pretend that your audience did that and out popped real estate investing is for me. Um, The real question for your audience to answer is how big do you want to get? Because when we go back to that entrepreneurial range, there are people in your audience listening right now 
that should probably just stay a one-person show, flip four, five, six houses a year, make a nice six-figure income, and you'll be great. And then if I think about my clients in real estate, you know, many of them started out flipping houses, and I've got 20 to $100 million companies I work with that you know, own thousands and thousands of real estate or uh, apartment units, commercial. So, you know, they, they are true entrepreneurs that just kept going with this thing because, you know, they got to a point where they said, if I'm going to flip one house, you know, that's one transaction. So why not flip a transaction that has a hundred units, hundred X. So anyway, your audience has to decide, but some of you, you just really need to remain a one person show and there's no shame in that. And you'll make a nice living. Some of you are cut out to be these red line true entrepreneurs and you're about to build an empire. And I want you to think about what are you built for? Because then the other thing I caution is not every entrepreneur is built to build a billion dollar company. And so be really careful. It's not all it's cracked up to be. So my client, my real estate client that has 750 employees, that's what that entrepreneur wants. Most of you don't want that. It's not as much fun as it sounds. I sold EOS worldwide because we got to 200 employees and it was just, it's a big company now. It wasn't fun to me and it was time to sell. So um, I like to create and start and build things. So that's what I know about myself and that's what your audience needs to know about their self. So I'm going to pause and see what that prompts for you because take us and me to whatever will serve your audience best in this glimpse part of the book. So in, in that area, I, I would like to touch on the eight um, critical mistakes if we can, but the um, what stood out to me in that part that that conversation you just uh, uh, discussed was the size of business. So what we get a lot of times is people are always talking about, well, you know, what do I want to do? Do I just want to stay, the, the st saying typically is stay so small and keep it all, or do I want to grow and get bigger and have a, a payroll and things like that? So I have 15 people, we have a million dollar payroll. We have, it, like you said, it's, it's not, uh, it's not we, we do almost $3 million in gross profit, okay? That's not all bottom line to Bill Allen, right? And there's lots of other things and problems and issues that come on with that. The communication is so difficult and challenging and every time there's, there's just issues that come with that. And then sometimes I'm a little bit jealous of the people who are a little bit smaller. They have two or three people in their company. Mm -hmm. So it's all about what you want. So the size of business that you want. And in our mastermind group, people will come in and they'll see the people like me that are doing hundreds of transactions a year and then they'll see people like Andy and some of the other bigger players inside the mastermind and they'll say, oh, I want that. And they're trying to get right to that, not knowing that it's, it takes steps to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. But also, is that really what you want? What you, what you see on the surface is not exactly what it, what it all, you don't see behind the curtain. You see, uh, you see me at the mastermind meetings and the emails are going out. What you don't see is some of the problems behind the scenes that happen with 15 people, with up to 18 people and their families and their issues and all these other things. So it, with all of that comes big responsibility, but figure, like, that's what I love. I love solving those problems and I love seeing those people make money that they never thought that they would make. And I love pouring into them. So now I've found my passion there. So I would love a 30 person or, and there's probably a point like Gino saying that I would get to where I said, you know what? This is becoming way too corporate. There's all these, there's all this stuff. There's 200 people. There's, I gotta, I gotta watch what I say and do and what I wear and oh, oh I just can't deal with that. Like, I just want to have fun. So exactly. every single individual I think is different in our community, but I think that is a perfect like first step. You realize you're an entrepreneur and now it's okay. What is this business going to look like for me? What's the size that I want to get? And you might learn that over time. I wanted to flip 12 houses my first year. I ended up doing almost 70. So I had no idea that I could, but when I started doing it and it started working, I said, whoa, I really like this. Yeah. And if I hired that first person, now I'm addicted to it. Like yeah. I pretty much I'll hire somebody to do just about anything <laughs> now. And I, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy paying them because the service that I get and what, and what, what they're doing, you know, the result for me is it allows me to do other things that should make me more money. And that's, that's all it looked like for me. So I think that size of business is the key for our audience to really grab onto and say, even, even our members in our high-end mastermind, like they, they've really got to take a hard look, take a look in the mirror like you talked about and decide what they want. And yeah, it's not and with anybody let's else. Pretend, yeah, and let's pretend somebody in that, you know, let's pretend they have, you know, 25 people and, you know, on the outside, everybody's looking up to them and they're impressed by them, but that person is miserable. I mean, every night they're worrying, they're miserable, they're thinking about 25 people. There is no shame in going, you know what, this is too much, it's too big, it's too many people. Mm -hmm. 
take it down to 10 people, downsize the company, take it down to the size that makes you happy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about being happy and having fun and putting a dent in the universe. And so there, there's no shame in doing that. And if, and, and, and if that's all true about you, the only thing preventing you from doing it is your ego. And so please put your ego in check and, and build the company you want to build that your soul wants to build, that you're built to build, that you're meant for. Yeah. And, and the only like caution I'm going to throw out there is just be careful going to that big one first and then coming back yeah. because that's, the, that's where you can really get into hot water, right? You can, you can get overextended, you can get into debt, and then it's hard to come back from that. So I, I would kind of walk into that instead of just jump right in. So I've seen so many people come into the mastermind and just say, I want that. I'm just going to go hire 10 people on day one and I'm going to send out you know, $40,000 in marketing and they can only do with withstand that for a month or two before. Yeah, and here, here, and that point I just made, I'm talking to the one person right now in the audience listening to this, so you know who you are, and you're the one I'm talking to right now that, that needs to downsize it. Whoever I know, you are. I know who they are too. I mean, we have a couple of people that are there, and they're doing it right now. They're seeing it. And then we got some other people who are smaller who are going, you know what? I really do want to make a bigger impact, and they're, they're getting bigger and, and by choice. So I think that's great. The, the, the reason I wanted to touch on these eight critical mistakes is because I feel like, and I think everybody when they read the book, they're going to feel like they've been in that nightmare and hopefully they've also been in that really successful entrepreneurial seat too. And they're, hopefully they're there right now, not going back and forth, back and forth. But I think you have to live through some of that and maybe not all of that nightmare time, but um, I've been there where I just, I, you were really speaking to me. Like I come out frustrated from the office some days and then I, I let my, the way that I'm talking to my kids or I'm treating my spouse, it's just, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the fact that I just hated my day. And it's, it's frustrating. So I think we've all seen ourselves in, hopefully you see yourself in the good side because that means you're, you're living in your kind of purpose, cause and passion and doing it right. Yeah. Well, let me, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll touch on each one, but I want to talk about where this comes from because again, I'm not making this up. There's no theory here. So where it comes from, you know, is those tens of thousands of clients that have come to us and they come to us having made these mistakes or currently making these mistakes, all of the interviews I've done. And then, you know, knock on wood, I'm a testament to, I'm convinced you can avoid all of these mistakes because I was able to do that building EOS worldwide. And so as I started in building EOS worldwide, I had enough experience by then, 15 years of experience almost to know how to avoid these mistakes. And so here are the eight, get ready to write if you're a good student out there. Cause I'm just gonna do a quick 10 yeah. second on each one. But mistake number one is not having a vision. So simply put, you've got to have a vision. I created a tool called My Vision Clarifier, free, downloadable on the website. Grab that tool. It helps you get out of your head and on paper so you can clarify to your people, your vendors, your clients, exactly what the vision is. You'll communicate better. Avoid train wrecks. Number two, hiring the wrong people. I beg you, please do not hire your brother, your sister, your mother, your best friend. What, what entrepreneurs do as you're building the organization is you need a body and so you throw the closest body you can find into your organization and you're hiring wrong, you're hiring bad. Now, some of you, your brother is the perfect employee, your mother is the perfect, your best, but it is rare. And so, again, what we're helping our clients do is unwind, let go, fire people that they hired during that building stage because they hired the wrong people. So make sure you're hiring people that have your core values, they fit with your culture, they have the skill set. Number three is not spending time with your people. And so a classic entrepreneur mistake is you start the business and you just go hard and you have all these people loyal to you, following your passion, following your orders, but you're just not communicating with them. And so you've got to spend time. And the simple formula is meet with them every week, lock them in a room for a full day every quarter and give them feedback, open and honest, back and forth where necessary. Number four is not knowing who your customer is, especially in the industry that you're all in. You've got to decide who is your perfect customer, who do you play the best with, what is your ideal customer, what do they look like, what do they feel like, what do they sound like, and so a classic entrepreneur mistake is trying to be all things to all people. And so, so the clearer you know your customer, the better your messaging will be, the faster you'll grow. Number five is not charging enough. This one is hard to get to in this real estate world. And Bill, maybe you can help this a little bit. And we'll come back to that once I get through all eight. But, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit unique with flipping houses because it's, sometimes it's hard to charge even more. But if somebody's selling widgets, the classic mistake is they undercharge for their service and their time. 
Uh, we can come back to that if you want to. Number six is not staying true to your core. And so you've got to know your core. And so let's pretend your sweet spot is, you know, $100,000 houses in a particular area. And that's the sweet spot. Well, you've got to know your core because if all of a sudden you get out of your core and you start to try to, again, become everything to all people, you try to work in all products, um, you're going to make a mistake by getting away from that core. So really know your sweet spot, know your core. So some people are 100 unit apartment buildings, some people are half a million dollar houses, some people are $100,000 houses, know your core. Number seven is not knowing your numbers. And so classic entrepreneur mistake where you just don't know your numbers. And so the discipline here is to have a weekly scorecard, know your five to 15 most important numbers, look at a monthly P&L every month and monitor a budget every month. And then number eight is not crystallizing roles and responsibilities. Even if you have one employee and only one, make sure that your roles and responsibilities are clear and their roles and responsibilities are clear. I urge you as crazy as it sounds, even if you have two employees, have an org chart, as silly as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Who's in charge of sales? Who's in charge of marketing? Who's in charge of operations? Who's in charge of finance? And, and again, you'll avoid train wrecks, communicate better, get there faster. And those are the eight critical mistakes most entrepreneurs make that are all avoidable. And that's why I'm telling you in glimpse, so you head them off at the path as we go to path. That, that is so good. Every single thing in there, I tell you right now, I've made, I don't know, all these mistakes, uh, <laughs> not having a vision. I, I think I had a vision that just got bigger and bigger. So that but like I've hired the wrong people. I, I have not stayed true to my core. I've tried to do so many things. It's so easy to get distracted in real estate, especially when you're a visionary. You just, oh yeah, deal, deal, deal. You're a deal junkie. Yeah. And so not charging enough. I think for us, um, we do a lot of business to business. So the wholesalers are actually selling the contract to another investor. So really just kind of coming off of those numbers. And that's where you guys make your money is negotiating that back end and, and also negotiating on the front end. Maybe, you know, just giving up too much of the deal. You'll cut somebody in on a percentage or like really just with your private money lenders, you're really just saying, hey, I'll pay you guys whatever. You don't negotiate that down the rates. Everything comes to the bottom line. And then that like knowing your numbers part is just gold. Like for us, a lot of, you got to have the instruments. You got to, you can't just fly blind in this, this business. We talk about it so much with the KPIs and, um, and the scorecard type stuff. So, all right. I know we're get, kind of getting short on time. So maybe we should move to the path portion. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So with PATH, what I want to do is I'm going to share uh, at a high level first the chapters that are in PATH because just sharing the chapters is actually a great teaching and learning opportunity. So in PATH, um, I write a chapter on college or not, okay? And so I hit a very controversial topic about should a true entrepreneur go to college? And I give all the statistics, all of the history, all of the numbers, and you know, at the end of the day, you have to decide. I did not go to college. It was a great decision for me. I, I, academics are not for me. I knew what I was, sort of. So you just have to decide for yourself. At the end of the day, it's a choice you'll make. So that chapter is gonna give you great insight. We can come back to that. Um, but with that said, when in doubt, go to college, okay? So chapter, the next chapter is all about, as we've already talked about, finding your passion, how to find your passion, and so we've covered that. Next chapter is all about how to find a mentor. So if you wanna expedite, ramp up, get a speed pass on becoming successful, find a mentor, find somebody who is where you wanna go. And obviously, Bill, that's what you are to all these wonderful people. Next chapter is all about 10-year thinking. One of the most profound things I learned in my mid-30s that was transformational. So it's been almost 20 years now of 10-year thinking, and it's been incredible. From there, what I then get into is we get into the nitty gritty and I talk about the eight disciplines for greatly increasing your odds of success. And then I go, then go final chapter is all about the nine stages of building your business. And so just so you can kind of see at the beginning these milestones that are gonna happen. And so it's never linear building an amazing company and, it's, and, there, and there is no system. I always say being a true entrepreneur is not something you do, it is something you are. And so, but these milestones and these stages just help you understand what's coming and help you make better decisions. And so we can drill down on any one of those chapters that you'd like to. Yeah, I, I love the nine stages of building a business and I actually have them all written down here, but I, I really think with the time remaining that we have, we should, we should focus, uh, they can, they're gonna, 
look, they're all going to go by the book. So they can read those nine stages because I think this is really important to see that kind of path. It, it like lays out a journey for you, which I think is amazing. And um, uh, selfishly, I love the fact that you brought coaching and mentorship. And, and that for me, that, that was the biggest thing for me, you know, is that I, I needed that person to change the way that I thought because I was being held back. I was like this, this entrepreneur that, hadn't bro- that didn't realize that I was. And then when I saw somebody who was kind of like me, they had the values that I had and, and I could see it, then it became a reality for me. And that's what it was. That was what my mentor was for me. Basically just showing me it's possible, changing my limiting beliefs and allowing me to achieve way more than I thought was even possible out there. Yeah. And what I would add to that, I mean, from experience, I would not be half of what I am if not for my mentors, teachers, and coaches. And so truly I would be less than half of what I am today if I had not had them. Yeah. And it's amazing. It, we, we always just look at it as a cost instead of an investment. And it's same thing with marketing for us. People think of it as an expense. That's an investment into your business. So is coaching and training and mentor and events and all of the things that we do. I mean, I know that the more money I can spend on, on myself, the more output I'm going to get. It's, a, it's not a one-to-one linear kind of return. Yeah, I'd love to touch on something else too because when I talk about that chapter on college or not, while I didn't go to college, I have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars educating myself. I could have gone and gotten three degrees for the amount of money I've spent on education. And so I just, I knew that there's a different way that I learn, a better way to educate myself, and the college system was not gonna do that for me as an entrepreneur. And so, you, you, you gotta get educated one way or the other. Yeah, and you spent it very targeted on where you were going and where you knew you wanted to go. And that's, Absolutely. I think that's where, that's where I like to use this podcast and the platforms that I have in our events to say, look, this isn't for everybody. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Like the real estate business and the entrepreneurial journey is not for everyone. Yeah. And now, now, when you know that it is, this book is a perfect example. This thing can help you decide, is this for you or not? And then if real estate's the path, and then that na- next step is to find the person that you relate to, the, the core value fit, the person, the community that you want to be a part of, and that's where you go. Yeah. And then that, that, that will take you to the next place. And the next place might be multifamily and apartment buildings. It might be in a, a big business, uh, real estate, just flipping uh, houses. It could be wherever you want to go. And that journey for me was what I saw. And I had no idea what doors were going to open for me along the way. But when, but what I did know was how to take advantage of them when they did at that time. Yeah. So, and, and in that, you know, again, that's, then I write an entire chapter on how to find a mentor and the power of having a mentor. And so please know there's a how-to manual for how to do that right in the book. Yeah. So let's, let's go into that 10-year journey because I, honestly, this is the thing that I pulled out that was a huge wake-up call for me. Because I have trouble as I feel like, and maybe it's an excuse, but I can't really think really long term. So I struggle to think 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. I can see that what I want it to look like. But when it comes down to like planning all that stuff out, I always had trouble going past about three years. Yeah. And so everything that I did, I was trying to fast forward it all. And I felt like a failure when I wouldn't hit my goals for the quarter or for the year. Yeah. But in what I, when I look back, just like you talked about your journey, you talked about uh, you had a great Les Brown quote in there and lots of different um, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, their kind of journey is. And when I look back four years, five years ago, I was like, wow, look how far that I've come. Yeah. I never thought I would come this far. Yeah. But every year I feel like a failure. Yeah. So, so, so it was again in my mid thirties when this, you know, really hit me and I really understood this. Uh, but it's just called 10-year thinking. You know, it's shifting your thinking to 10-year timeframes. And there are people out there teaching, thinking 25-year timeframes and 100-year timeframes. So, I mean, it's, to me, I'm, they think I'm a short-term thinker. But most of the world is thinking like, you know, one month to a year out. So, the power of it is the second you shift your mind to start thinking in 10-year timeframes, you know, setting goals, having visions, having plans, looking 10 years out, Time literally slows down. You make much better decisions. A sense of peace comes over you because you can accomplish anything in 10 years. You can't accomplish much in a year. And so when I look at my 20s, I wanted everything now, 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 now. Everything, I wanted, everything was kind of one year thinking back then. And I just made terrible decisions, short-term thinking. And so again, it just slows you down. 
better decisions, and then ironically, you get there faster. It's so uncanny. And then the only other thought I, it makes me think of is if you're 30 years old and you're sitting there struggling with this, by all measures, if you're 30, you're going to live past 100 with the, with the medical advances going on over the next couple decades. So you've got, 70, you've got 70 years left. You've got seven decades left. So if you're going to do three-year planning, you've got 21 planning periods or, you know, or it's seven. Or if you listen to some of the others, it's three or four planning periods. The point is, I mean, you have a lot of life. You have a lot of time. And so the only reason somebody's thinking one, two, three years out in short term is for some reason they're just not comprehending and realizing that you've got 70 years of runway. Or if you're 50, you still have at least 30 years of runway. And my God, if you're 15, you know, you've got almost 100 years of runway. So it's just, it's just changing your perspective and everything in my experience, is better when you're thinking in 10-year timeframes. Yeah, I, I agree. We have a lot of people that come into our mastermind group, and it's, it's an annual membership. So what we see, and I'm glad you use the runway term, actually. It's a, one of our groups is called the seven-figure runway. It's, it. We're giving them the runway to kind Love of get it. off the ground, and it's all kind of aviation terms, obviously, from my background. So for me, it's, I see them come in, and they put so much pressure on themselves to try to build this business in one year. Uh, like in their time, they're watching the, the clock tick. I can see it mm -hmm. happening and they go, oh, it's, I'm three months into my membership. I'm six months in. I, I have to get to this point. And I, I would say years ago, we, we were trying to race to get from like almost zero to seven figures or six figures to seven figures in, in profit for companies in a year. That was kind of the, the drive. And, it, and I think it did some damage to some companies and some people and their mindset and the way they were thinking about things. Mm -hmm. And what I really want to do is try to shift that to this you know, three, five, 10 year journey. Like you're actually building a business here. You're building a company. And I think it comes back to what you talked about in the beginning. It's just, if it's just in it for the money, then you could look at one year or two year timeframes, just a money grab. But what are you really trying to do? Like, what's the goal? What do you want to do? Do you want to build something? And for me, I want, I want to build something that lasts. I love the fact that I can watch my team and my staff operate without me. And, and they are so, they're as passionate, if not more about my business than I am. It's amazing here, here. to see. Here, here. So I think that uh, I, if you're listening to this and you're kind of looking at joining our group or you're in the group and you're looking at each of these milestones, like don't take the pressure off yourself, I think. Like really think about where you want it to be and then figure out how you're going to build it. I did a presentation on um, Good to Great, uh, Jim Collins' book at wow. our, on our cruise a few months ago. At, and the biggest thing for me was just showing them like we're actually building something here. What, what is your, what's your goal? And then when I read your book again, it's, it just hammers in that, that kind of long-term thinking for what you're doing. And if it's, if it's just a side hustle or you're going out to get some cash, then that, that's fine. But you know, the, what, what we're focused on is really kind of building that business. So I, I love that you shared that. And I think, you know, if they pick up this book and they grab it and, and read it cover to cover, they're really going to know that. I think you can go into it thinking one thing and then knowing, like seeing some clarity at the end of it, of what, what they want to do. Yeah. So, uh, Gino, I just, uh, anything, anything else you want to share before we kind of check off? I know we're, we're kind of wrapping it up here. No, you know, I really feel like we've covered it all. So there isn't this, you know, one sentence universal statement I want to make that pulls it all together, but you know, ending where we started, you know, do you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur? And I think we've, you know, given your audience everything they need to, figure that out for themselves, make that decision. And, and, and you're a pretty cool dude. And this was a blast. And uh, it was, it was really a fun, fun hour. All right. I'm going to take that clip and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just use it over and over on a loop. Pretty cool dude from Gino Wickman. Hey, Gino, I, I appreciate it. I, I, you know, I know that you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. So to come on the podcast and share uh, with our audience has just been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. And, um, and e even, you know, I, I selfishly had a couple questions that I threw in there just to hear what your response was based on the love book. Cause love you're right. I read it as an engineer. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> I love it. Thanks Gino. I appreciate it. My pleasure. What a blast. Wow. What an incredible interview with Gino Wickman. I really enjoyed that getting to spend an hour with him. I even got to you know, talk to him a little bit afterwards and just uh, spend some time talking about some of the lessons I learned from his book and things. And it's just amazing to kind of sit down and talk with other high level entrepreneurs and people who have been there and done that. And so 
I was going to leverage as much time as I could to ask him a couple questions about masterminds and mentors and all of those things and his experience in that to see kind of my next step and where I want to go after this. So um, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. If you are on this entrepreneurial journey and trying to find your path and your direction and all of these things, this is a great book. Pick it up. Uh, download it, order it on Amazon, listen to it on Audible uh, like I did, and um, and really uh, dig into it and see where you're at. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to go to that website, e-leap.com, and take the quiz, uh, print out some of the worksheets, all those things, and go through the book. There's some really great resources on there. And just like Gino said, it's he doesn't have anything to sell you on there. So uh, really great stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I've got a big surprise for you over the next few episodes. So um, it Follow along with us on this path. We're starting a new series here on the podcast with this kind of kicking off that series of entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited about the upcoming episodes that we have. So if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. Leave us a rating and review. I'd really appreciate it if you did. That's like gold for us. And um, I really want to know, what do you guys think? We've, we've brought a lot of bigger authors on, some different speakers doing these series. I'd really like to get some feedback and see what you guys think about what we're doing. And is it, is it good stuff? Do you want uh, more in one direction or the other? Let us know. Give us some feedback. That's going to help guide us. And uh, like Gino said, like our goal here is to educate and serve you guys out there. And uh, I want to know what your needs are and what you're looking for. So please subscribe, leave us a rating and review on um, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to this. And uh, we're also on YouTube. You can watch the videos there or on our website, sevenfigureflipping.com. And if you like it, share it with somebody else. Share it with somebody else who needs to hear this message. This is not just a real estate message. This was an entrepreneurial journey and so is our next series. So please share this with somebody who needs to hear this, who's um, running a business, thinking about running a business, is stuck in their job and doesn't like it and wants to get out and kind of explore this uh, journey of owning and running a business just like we all are. Um, Okay. We also talked, Gina and I talked about masterminds, about mentors, about coaches, about trainings, all of these things. So you guys know every October we have Flip Hacking Live. That's coming up in, I don't know, six months from now. And we're preparing for that now. And we also have our seven figure altitude mastermind group. So if you guys are interested in either of those, you know where to find us on Flip Hacking Live. It's very simple, fliphackinglive.com. It's also on our website. And our mastermind group, the seven figure altitude is always always, always looking for people who want to join us in what we're doing and they want to grow personally and professionally. So if this is a group that you want to be a part of, you can fill out an application at sevenfigurealtitude.com. So the number sevenfigurealtitude.com and we'll just get on a quick call and talk about it and see if it's a good fit for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with me and Gino and I, it was one of my favorites, but I keep saying that these have all been really, really enjoyable for me. I've learned a ton and I hope you guys are getting a lot out of it. So hopefully we'll see you guys at Flip Hacking Live. We'll see you guys in our mastermind. And if not, we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com. Thank <laughs> you.